0: Mike uh, you just were chatting with Nicole about a week ago on her show welcome here to mine on market on Close. I want to start by talking about the things you've been watching the last couple of weeks I know last time you were with Nicole it seemed like you were kind of taking off sort of a hedge to the market sort of a tech hedge am I wrong there walk me through your view right now
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've been very constructive on big cap tech, um, as we discussed on on these shows for for some time, but it was clearly overheated in early September. I put on a one by one and a half put spread on the QQQ ETF, um, just a tactical move lower. um, And I caught most of the move. I, I saw the sort of the stronger bullish undercurrents as being very powerful. And I took profits on that last week, and I'm glad I did, because uh, if I didn't, I would have given it back most of my profits. I'd be up to slightly on the position right now. Okay. But I think that the, the moral of the story here is, is that we can make all these sorts of bearish arguments for markets and tech being overextended, but um, I think right now, you know, it's the same old theme where the Fed is pushing people up the risk curve. Um, these kinds of assets that you find in the bank, you know, these big cap tech, um, giants um, with very, um, you know, cash flow streams that are uh, insensitive to all sorts of things, including political risk, I would argue that even, in a, you know, in a difficult and ugly um, election scenario, contested elections and whatever, people are still going to click on Amazon. They're going to still do searches on Google. They're still going to, you know, uh, be looking at their iPhone and the myriad of Apple products all day long and so forth. So I think the, 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 the you know that asset class of big cap tech is going to probably be fine. I know there's a lot of people saying if you get a debt sweep, you want to rotate into value and small caps and all that. But I just don't know whether that has to happen at the exclusion of big cap tech here going into year end. Hmm. Um, let's see what the earnings unfold as we get to the end of the month. Um, but if, if they can do the usual meet and meet and beat, then we should see an extension into, uh, you know, a, you know a, a, I think a nice rally into year end. Let's not for also forget that there's a lot of fund managers who are trailing their benchmarks and, um, you know, may need to sort of beta chase into your performance chase into year end.
0: Mike, when we uh, look at just the leadership of the market, as we all know, a lot of it comes from tech. It seems like even though we can talk about the excitement around stimulus, what that might do for some of the ailing areas, um, since, the market peak on September 2nd. I mean, we've broken out in small caps now. This is the highest the small cap index has been since March, uh, since the recovery uh, started. So when you've got that going one way, but we're still off the highs because mega cap tech is weighing, should investors be more focused on the currents undercurrents that are moving tech as opposed to the fiscal talk? I mean, if that's really going to drive the net move here, then how do tech valuations keep going up? I mean, what's the catalyst to keep them either where they're at or make them go higher?
1: Look, I I, I think, um, you know, uh, I was having a discussion with a client this morning at Big Cap Tech. It's almost sort of a different asset class from, from, uh, you know, so many of these other subcomponents of the equity market, like the IWM and and so forth there. I think, and I look at it increasingly as sort of that, you know, look, these guys are fortresses. They don't have credit sensitivity. They have um, uh, products that are going to survive most, um, most, almost most, you know, any any scenario you can throw at it. And that's their demonstrated history um, of generating a high quality of earnings growth and a high uh, quantity of earnings growth through any condition we've seen over the last five years. Now, with that having being said, that doesn't mean that people are not going to sell some tech to buy some IWM if they start seeing the prospects for a big fiscal stimulus and a relative valuation and all that. But I don't know. Again, I get back to this whole concept that that people will sort of, you know, are not going to give up their big cap tech. Um, they may reduce some positions to move uh, to move into a different uh Subcomponent of, of, of equities, but they're not going to necessarily like shorting it, for example. It's going to be very difficult, and that's on a very tactical basis. So I look at this as um, you know, the rotations into small caps, rotations into value have been um, great tactical trades at times. But even with a large amount of stimulus coming, you've got to really think twice about how sustainable the small cap outperformance is going to be might set up a great three-month trade, but is it going to be something that's going to be for the next 12 or 18 months? That's Mm. a harder question to answer.
0: Yeah, Okay. Uh, I want to get to one of the uh, areas they're looking at right now for trading. But one more macro question for you, Michael, which is, uh, is it a coincidence uh, that some of these this kind of everything trade started to unwind basically as the dollar stopped dropping? It seems to me you can kind of pin at least the early parts of the risk-off trade as the dollar plateaued, stopped selling off first week of August. That's when gold peaked out. It's when bonds also made a push and then peaked out too. The Nasdaq was about a month behind. But that seems to me basically when the conversation started to solidify around Jay Powell and what he was going to do and that after this next move, he was going to stop. And it makes me wonder here that if the Federal Reserve is not doing anything incrementally new for this market, what kind of stimulus is going to be as bullish equities as the Fed put? Is there a stimulus put that exists that's more bullish and reliable than the Fed always having this market's back?
1: Look, you, you know, look, the Fed has the whole you talk about the dollar. And when you're talking about the dollar, you got to talk about the lower real interest rates. Mm-hmm. And those lower real interest rates have been the sort of the operating platform upon which this risk rally has been riding for the last right. several months. The low real interest rates were a function of concurrence of monetary and fiscal stimulus. The monetary stimulus is there. Right. And what I've been arguing is, is that Powell can keep you know, expressing his, his dovish, very, very dovish strategy. And he's done that time and time again. But it's kind of a sideshow right now. What is the what the fulcrum in the discussion is fiscal stimulus. And one of the issues we've had is that fiscal stimulus, you know, in midsummer, we expected to get phase four to come in September. We're still not there. We don't know when that's coming. And at the same time, fiscal stimulus, we got a big package out of Europe, a very important package. But what happened is we had persistent COVID, which is effectively deflationary, keep pushing higher in Europe, but no incremental fiscal to match that. And so to keep that whole, you know, reflationary theme with persistent COVID on both sides of the ocean, you need you need more fiscal. Right. And that's what's going to kind of reenergize the lower real rate, weaker dollar story. I would argue also argue that fiscal stimulus in Europe is actually constructive for the euro whereas fiscal stimulus in the state certainly along the den Suite platform, but they're outlining is really dollar weakening there and so so it's a, it's a, it, there's some nuances here, but I think what like the reality here is that monetary is just kind of like sets the uh, uh, puts the wood in the fireplace, but the match is lit right now, and the oxygen for that fire is going to come from incremental fiscal. But that's right now in the hands of a lot of politics, and, and we don't know how that's going to unfold. And that's why so many of these trades, gold, silver, um, tips and so forth, have been choppy and sideways. And I think they're going to stay choppy and sideways until we get some more clarity as to what's you know, going on. And mm. and I think if we get a Dem sweep in, in, in November, then I think there will be a much more obvious path towards – towards, um, you know, sort of this reflation theme, uh, you know, getting re-energized.
0: Mike, uh, I want to talk about the sector. I like that uh, analogy of the flame and the oxygen. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that one down for the notes. Mike, uh, the trade that you're looking at right now is actually in utilities. Uh, it's a pretty fascinating group, uh, in my opinion, having obviously covered stocks for a while, utilities being thought of as this bond proxy for basically the entirety of kind of the Fed model view of equities and lower and lower rates. But yet utilities lost that momentum bit. Even as tech came back this spring and summer, utilities fizzled out. And now they're trading more like some of the cyclical parts of this market. So tell me what you're looking at here and why they're breaking out right now.
1: Yeah, utilities are kind of a funny uh, a, a funny. Animal. They're supposed to be the defensive um, equity that you put your grandmother into and all that. But, um, you know, last year they had a 22 percent before dividend rally, referring to the XLU ETF, right? You know, uh, mm-hmm. it covers the, the major utilities there. And one of the reasons why they played horrible defense um, in March when the VIX was shooting up to 80 was because they were simply overvalued um, uh, coming into COVID. Right. And, and uh, so what happened is, is that they, you know, I think there was three or no, four other sector groups that had massive outperformance um, to, to, to classically defensive utilities during that whole uh, march. What's happened is in the last several months is that utilities have been sort of cast aside. They had a bit of a relief rally in May and June that kind of petered out and, and, and so forth. Um, But right now, if you look at a 10 year chart of the relative valuation of utilities relative to the S&P 500, you know, in January, it was at 10 year overvalued levels. And, um, you know, over the last couple of weeks, it's been at 10 year undervalued levels. Right. And so people have been you know, this is sort of one of these things. It's like a volatile um, Hmm. safe haven where people are rotating um, safe havens or defensive positions. They can, you know, and the, and the nice thing about utilities is they provide a yield. And they provide some exposure to the economy, which presumably will get with, you know, a, a stronger economic trajectory once the, if and when the stimulus comes together. That's going to help their top line um, there. But but the relative valuation right now sets up uh, very nicely. So you always have to, I think, you have to look at utilities as a relatively smaller asset class. They can have really big moves um, if it's priced at the right level. And I think right now it's one of those times where it's just priced for the right level. And uh, it's gonna take, um, you know, it doesn't take a ton of reallocation of capital by the markets to get this thing moving higher.